Welcome to The Weekly, a podcast brought to you by Calvary Bible Church. Like always, I'm your host, Jay Ewing. It's good to be in the studio today. We're in a great series here at Calvary called Flourish. So glad you're tuning in. Before we get too far down the road this morning, I just encourage you to step into calvarybible.com, click your campus, find out what's happening in your neck of the woods. There's so many great things happening here at Calvary. We want you to jump into the community here, listen to the sermons, submit a prayer request, find a group. You can all do that at calvarybible.com slash events or download the Church Center app today. So easy to get the Church Center app. I use it on a weekly basis. And if you don't have a smartphone, the website's the best opportunity to jump in at Calvary. If you don't have a smart not smartphone, you're not listening to the podcast. That's what I realized, Thomas. No, someone has a uh, desktop computer that they've downloaded the show, and they're listening to it. They downloaded Quick. What is that? Quick Times. Quick Times. The, <laughs> the video plugin that we all used to listen. Hello, dude. You no, know, the day is coming sooner than later, Jay, when you're going to have to ask the youth of the world to help you with your technology. Yeah. You're like, Dad, what are you doing? It's already happened this year. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just be honest. (laughs) It's already happened. I'm already there, bro. All right. These young people. Hey, we're so glad you're tuning in. And let's get into it. Today, we are talking about the Sermon Series Flourish. Mark and I had a wonderful conversation last week. Well, I thought it was wonderful. That's why I do the podcast. And uh, we really enjoyed sort of deep diving into the idea of how Jesus has designed us to flourish, sort of the way in which God has worked throughout his word and even in his own ministry to show us flourish, how we flourish as human beings. But today we're talking about the easiest topic in the Bible. Easy. Marriage and kids. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) What do you want to talk about? What do I want to talk about, man? I want to talk about sort of all the things you've encountered in the last two weeks as you preached both the texts of Colossians and Ephesians 6. Mm. Ephesians 5, 6. Yeah, 5 and 6. Yeah. 5 and 6, thank you. Yeah, you're there. Um, man, how, <laughs> how much we all have room to grow in our marriage and family. Mm-hmm. That's probably the underlining uh, reality. Everybody says, man, that, that was good or that was hard or I don't know how this works. Um, no one has come up and said, we've arrived. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you need me to preach next week, let me know. Yeah. My husband and I are just crushing it, you know. Right. Right. Now, as you study the book of Colossians, it's been a while since we've been in this book as a church. What are some of the things that have just come to light in your sort of broad strokes of studying Colossians? Um, I think the, the reality of a high Christocentric view and that there are a few books that really talk about who Jesus is Mm -hmm. and Colossians is one of those books that begins with, Hey, if you have a right view of God, we can start putting some pieces together of a right view of who we are. And so I think that's probably one of the big, big things with Colossians is it begins with a high view of Christ, who is Christ. And then in view of that, we get to figure out our own identity. Mm. So, again, it takes you, I think, back to the Genesis story. 
I think a lot of people have have had a habit of looking at Genesis and saying, man, Genesis is the story of perfection. And it's true. It's it's a garden. It's humanity with God. There's there's the absence of sin. I think a better way of looking at it is this is a picture of what God intended for us to flourish in, is right relationship with him, within ourselves, within others, within creation. And that's what's being restored. Hmm. That's, that's really wonderful. But how about you? What, what's been like pastoral ministry at, in the last couple of weeks with marriage and family? Man, I, I think the new year always surfaces a lot because we get back. Everyone can hold tight through the holidays, right? You can put up with in-laws or outlaws. You can put up with um, a lot of drama through the holiday season for the sake of the holiday itself. Yeah. You know, just sort of to survive. You can go out, like Clark Griswold, you can go outside and put on lights for a couple of days. <laughs> I never caught that, by the way, in that movie until this year's watching of it. I was like, he's outside constantly <laughs> for days, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. But, you know, and then reality of January hits, like your resolutions are things that you fall short in, that you want to get better in. The bills start piling up from expensive holiday season between the stretch of Thanksgiving and Christmas and your relationships are probably not where they you want them at thriving as a new year and a new beginning and a new expectations for the year right yeah so it's brought a lot of actually pastoral ministry up in the last couple of weeks good and people are really here's what I appreciate about people that step in to pastoral counseling ministry, they're willing. They're stepping in. I mean, to tell someone what's going on is a giant leap in the human experience. Yeah, that's true. And it either has to be going really poorly or you have a lot of guts for you to step in and tell someone what's going on. Why do you think people are so reluctant even with, you know, ourselves, to let people know that we're flawed. Like, no one actually thinks that people are not flawed. Right. No one actually thinks everyone's marriage who looks perfect is actually perfect. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we've so deceived ourselves. Right. So if we all assume we're all flawed, we all have mistakes, we're all experiencing some area of brokenness in our relationships, why is it so hard for us to tell somebody? It comes down, I think the word is homeostasis, right? Like the the baseline of this life. And you don't want to disrupt that. Even if things are not going well, you don't want to disrupt your life. It's a natural reaction as a human beings. Like you will do a lot of things that aren't probably the best choices in your life for a very long time just because you don't want to disrupt your life. Does that make sense? Do so you think you, you've like learned to deal with whatever the troubles are? Right. It's like, I don't need more troubles. Right. Totally. Totally. And, you know, it's like, mm. the crazy thing to me is like, if it was easy, we would all have it. Right? Yeah. There's things in life that we all long for. Like, we all long for really great relationships. We all long for, if you're a Christian, you long for a great spiritual life. If you're... Um, in your 40s, you long to feel good again. You know what I mean? All these things, right? Uh, you you long for these things, 
but yet no one's willing to do the work for them. That's why being in the gym industry is really good <laughs> and profitable. Especially this time of year. Yeah, it's because you know the majority of the people that sign up, A, will always be afraid to cancel, mm. and two, won't show up. So your gym will be nice and it'll look nice and stay nice with the people that really want to be there. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. And I, that's a harsh reality, I think, especially in the context in which Calvary Bible, we exist here in the Boulder County, Weld, Adams County sort of life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's a general thing. And so the spiritual life uh, requires things. Flourishing requires things. And it's just really hard to step into them. It's interesting. I think, I think sometimes when people who are teaching on marriage talk about marriage as work, it almost sounds uninteresting. Marriage is hard. Yeah. Marriage is work. You're like, well, why do I want to do that? Mm-hmm. But to your point, what do you actually value and prize that didn't take some work? Right. Maybe you would change the word because work has such a negative connotation, but like didn't take some investment or attention. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you if you want a marriage that flourishes, if you want a family that flourishes, this isn't something that just naturally comes together or drifts to that destination. What are you intentionally doing this year? Because it's going to take something right. to invest, to give it attention. What attention or investment have you made in the last five years? Right. I don't know. Something's been really popular lately in the last probably five to seven years is Stoicism or Stoic philosophy, which is an ancient philosophy in the Greek world of sort of been in, like bearing down and just getting grinding through life. But there's a really popular writer who I think has a a wonderful title that I think of this title quite often. It's Ryan Holiday. He has a book called The Obstacle is the Way. Hmm. And the whole premise is like you. It's like actually the good things in life, the really good things in life take a lot of work. And the obstacle in those things is the way in which you receive life. That'd be encouraging for anyone who feels opposition in their marriage or in family, right, is the way to flourish is through that. Yeah. Yeah. And it has it, to be addressed. It has to be addressed, yeah. I think also, like, our culture and the algorithms that we live in, and I think we need to acknowledge that more and more, especially as our lives become more and more digital, um, points us to the easy way. Okay, tell me more about that. What do, well, you, ta- what do you mean? Well, like... I was just even recently the most popular apps, you know, the iPhone was created to help you live a more productive life, right? So it was the Blackberry long ago. Oh, I had a Or the Palm Pilot. But in the Apple world, the the highest ranking apps are entertainment apps. It's Mm. not even productivity. It's not even productivity anymore. It's entertainment. And that is all anyone wants to give you because you're the consumer they can sell something. And so, you know, we uh, Mark and I talked about Digital Liturgies last week, a book that he's highly recommended in his last year of reading. And um, I think the algorithms are telling us that it's okay. Stay normal. Stay mediocre. Yeah. Stay in your lane and be entertained. Let us entertain you. So... 
I'm I'm amazed at if you ask this question today in the next two hours, document every time you feel like something is trying to entertain you. Just document, note it. I mean, even at work, document anything. And you can't go two hours with more than probably 20 or 30 interruptions of entertainment. Interesting. One thing I noticed in my own personal life was when I sit down at a table with my computer, because I know this podcast is all about technology. Yeah. <laughs> CNET's going to pick us up in a yeah, totally. moment. But when I sit down at a, compu- at a table with my computer, I'm in a less comfortable chair. And for whatever reason, when I'm in front of my computer, I'm 98% of the time creating content. Mm-hmm. When I'm on my phone or a tablet, I'm on a couch and I'm consuming content. Mm-hmm. And so even just the, the, the version of the screen almost dictates what I'm doing with it. Mm-hmm. One's creating and one's consuming. And so I can look at even just like how much time I've spent on the computer or my phone and realize was I a consumer or was I a creator this week? Mm-hmm. But this, these are implications on like relationships. These are implications on your marriage and your children. Yeah. You said it in the first hour this last week at eight. Now that some people maybe don't know this, but the Erie campus has three services now. So your message changes from service to service, depending on probably what the Holy Spirit wants to do, what uh, you forget to say. I think partly because, one, it's my style. Yeah. And two, if I got to preach three times, I want to keep myself interested. Yeah, <laughs> but you talked about actually. So the, you, you can actually come to all three services and enjoy three messages. Yeah, you could. <laughs> That's a lot of coffee and a lot of donut. But let's just say, like, you talked about the implications of the phone with your kids in the 8 a.m., but you did not at the 11. Mm. Wonder why. I wonder why, too. But I think, yes, we've got to realize that Jesus calls us to flourish. I think that's the hardest thing people understand. Like the Sermon on the Mount, it's all about human flourishing. Yeah. The Old Testament law is all about human flourishing. I think so. Here, I think here's the, the dividing line is people will convolute those two and, and assume we're saying be prosperous and make that materialistic. And it's like, well, no, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about in your plight, wherever that is, with want or with plenty, there's a way to flourish. I think when you say prosperous, and the American thinks wealth. Yeah. I think actually prosperous and how you do life. It goes back to flourishing to me. You think of Spock. Yeah. Long live and prosper. Wasn't that him? Star yeah, Trek? Yeah, totally, yeah. Totally. yeah. Can you do the Spock thing? Uh, Yes. I can't. All right. You can? Yeah. I don't know what that says about us. Um, But like Jesus wants us to flourish. I, I, I firmly believe that. Like in my experience with Jesus in 20 years, every invitation he's given to me is to my flourishment. Mm. Now, that does not make it easy. Yeah. <laughs> that's I think that's the misnomer. Like flourishment is actually usually the hardest way forward. So you have a decision, right? Let's say you're in marriage. The scriptures in the Proverbs tell you a better way to live in your marriage. However, they're usually the harder invitation yeah. in the book of Proverbs. 
getting it back to the scriptures, right? The Psalms tell us that the human experience is about suffering. It's about heartbreak. It's about disappointment with God, disappointment with others. But the end, it reminds us that there's flourishment in that as well. I think that's true. I think to your point, I mean, if you actually do the things that are that are called out in the scriptures, like be honest, be men and women of integrity. Mm-hmm. Um, how, do, how do you treat your spouse? Right. You're going to have a better marriage. Right. Period. And so I think, I think you are right. Like that is the desire and that's the goal and that's possible. I think the reality is many of us have lived away from that for so long and we've lived in a different liturgy. You talk about a digital liturgy. We're all living some liturgy. Mm-hmm. So maybe you've embraced a cultural idea of what relationships should look like. Yeah. So you've lived into that for so long. It's like, oh my gosh, how do you unwind where I'm living now? It just seems impossible to get there oh. because I've, you know, I've become bitter towards my spouse. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh my goodness, we're in, a, we're in a tough spot is when you have animosity towards one another. Yeah. When well, there's anger and animosity, yeah. those are hard, those are hard okay, so things to conquer. What would you say to someone who has heard what we've talked about on Sunday. And then they're like the chasm between that, of like me waking up and, and thinking about the flourishment of my spouse and them thinking about my flourishment or my children honoring me or for me to like be instructive in my kids' lives for their flourishment. It's just so far. The chasm is so big. Yes. What do I do? You find a male or female who is a deep follower of Jesus Christ. And you say, I need help. And then I need you to walk with me. Okay. What are they, what are they going to do for us? One, they're going to listen. If they're, if they're a genuine mentor, they're going to listen a lot. They're going to empathize. And they're going to point us back to the character of God. And then they're going to pray for you. <laughs> yeah. And those are the things you need to even start that journey. And then they're going to, they're going to instruct you on where to go in the God's word to keep you the fuel in the fire. You know what I mean? For you to live a life where that can be redeemed. And some relationships, let's just be honest. Maybe you're at the point where they're irredeemable. So then you have to work on forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So, you know what I mean? Some some relationships, there's so much baggage, so much hurt. Actually, probably for the health of those individuals, forgiveness is the way forward more than mm-hmm. anything else instead of re- reconciliation. Yeah. But that's what it's like really practical things. I would say ultimately. So first, okay, first step, as practical as possible, you have to tell somebody. You have to tell a so godly. If, if you man. keep your marriage that's having a really hard time, or you keep your parenting issues or whatever it is, private. Is there any hope for you? Like, can I go get a marriage for dummies book at Barnes and Noble? Can I first find an actual Barnes and Noble? Yeah. <laughs> and then purchase a self-help book. Do I, you can't do it us? alone. You can't do it alone. Okay. So I, step one, if, if you're suffering in a relationship, you got to tell somebody. If you can, you should get through it. Have a great marriage and tell me how to do it. <laughs> you can do it by yourself. You should write a book yeah. and put it at Barnes and Noble. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And then the second thing is you have to look and encounter Jesus Christ. The Christian mentor is first because they're going to help you do that. Yeah. And you need wisdom. 
I mean, you need to read a proverb a day for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. There's 30 of them. There's usually 30 days in a month. Um, but you you need to look at Jesus Christ. Here's the thing with Jesus. This is most fascinating. You know, I been a believer for a long time i'm so thankful for the sustaining life of jesus in my life it's not because of me <laughs> i would have blown it a long yeah. time ago uh but as i have encountered jesus more and more i'm amazed that the whole way forward and flourishing is picking up his voice and obeying it that's all it really is. And it's not even that. He doesn't ever tell you anything he's not willing to do himself. He's not a self-help dude. I can't I can't tell you how many self-help people probably have the worst. They're like plumbers. They have a leaky toilet and, or they're like electricians. There's always a light bulb burned out in there. Like self-help people just don't listen to. Jesus Christ is the only one who tells you what to do. And already has done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's the most one of the most amazing feats of Jesus Christ. Yeah, I think the other piece of that that is just so striking to me is he's done it for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I've been the beneficiary of him. So like he he writes out about forgiveness, about compassion, about holding no records of wrongs or whatever it is. And then says, and you look at it and go, that's impossible. It goes, I know. How about I go first and show you the way, and I'll do it for you. Yeah. It's not even like, hey, I did this for this other person. Did you see what I did for them? Now you do it. It's like, I did this for you. Yeah. How can I ever love my enemies, Jesus? Like, well, you know we were enemies. Yeah. <laughs> I loved you. Yeah. But you didn't love me. I loved you all the way to death. It's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. That's a different thing. Okay, yeah. so what would be... I know that you and Kristen have a perfect marriage. Oh, gosh. Uh, that is not true. But you're hanging out with some couples. What would be like just some healthy practices in marriage? Okay. This is a J-ism. Okay. This is, is this complete J. Okay. This is like when Paul says, this is not the Holy Spirit speaking, that this is Paul speaking. But you're like, but it's also Paul, so we should probably <laughs> listen. So this is also Pastor J. So. This is just J-isms. Yeah. Okay. If you want anything in life, I do. I want some things. Get rid of your phone. <laughs> what if what I want is a phone? Then you need something better to want. <laughs> but like, if you want, like, we talked about this last, we talked about last in the, I love your prayer things we did last semester, the four videos. Yeah. I loved, um, like, our, our intention as a church to deepen in prayer. Like, if you want a great marriage, put down your phone. If you want a great relationship with your children, for Pete's sakes, don't take that thing out at the playground unless you're calling 911 because they fell and they broke their arm. Yeah. Like, this is like children in the home. Like you're talking about people you're in space with, space and time. Because yeah. if my kids like graduated and they're in college, a phone helps me stay connected. Or does it uh, not? Uh, I would say driving to them or flying to them helps you stay more connected. Okay. okay. Being present. Yeah. yeah. Phone definitely helps you stay connected. But if I'm like a married couple and laying in bed at night and we're both looking at our phones. If your phone is past 8 p.m. in your room, you're failing. <laughs> I mean, this is how this I is how this. angry 
This is yeah. how serious Jay thinks of these things. Okay, this is good. This is good. This is like, this is this. This is me, man. Yeah. And okay, so we're going super genuine in this, and I'm so much so that for years I have put it away, never to tell anyone to do it. So I would go first. Okay. I'm like Gandhi, who like the mother brought the child and said, "Will you tell him to eat no sugar?" She waited all day to tell have Gandhi tell her son to eat no sugar. Yeah. All day. And he said, no, I can't do that, but come back in two weeks. She was livid. She's like, I've waited all day. You can just tell him. He's like, no, I can't. Come back in two weeks. She comes back in two weeks. Waits in line all day. Gets the gun. He says, now can you tell him? He's like, yeah. He's like, son, stop eating sugar. And she goes, what was the difference? He said, I had to stop eating sugar for two weeks myself. It's a very Gandhi you know, story. Or Yoda. Yeah, it feels yeah. like Yoda. Tell it. I'm telling you. I have gone first in this. Yeah. It is painful. It is not fun. But put down the phone. Put down the phone. Yeah. Do you have a place in your in your house you put it down? I actually let technology use itself. So I have the the phone is amazing these days. So and guess what? Not every night I'm good at this. So I'm not saying I'm perfect. Yeah. But you can put it on it can go to silent when nothing else reaches it when you set a timer for it to go on silent. Mm. That's a, that's brilliant. Yeah. You don't even have to turn it off anymore. Now, I put it on silent, and I only have a few people who can text me past that time. I mean, my mom, she's yeah. listening. I have to have her. You know, <laughs> she has to get old of me. My wife, yes. And my best friends. Like, you have every right to call me, text me. I want to be in your life, so I will get notified. Outside of that, it can wait. Yeah, those aren't the people that I'm present with, you know, at that moment. So, I'm telling you, if you want a prayer life, you want a Bible study life, you want a great marriage, you want a great relationship with your kids, put down the phone. All right, step one: put down phone. Yeah. So I'm putting something down. Step two: unplug the TV. Unplug <laughs> the TV. Okay, so that's fine. Take I, it out of the house. This reminds me of Colossians, right? I mean, this right. is you're taking something off. So let's, let's talk about the things we're taking off. So we're taking off phone, we're taking off TV, mm-hmm. and there are things that we need to be taking off. Yep. Those are those are probably two. Okay. And what I, are we putting I, on? You are putting on giving all those who are in proximity to you in whatever room you are, presence. So they walk in, you're present. Yeah. They have a comment, you're present. You're driving the car. They're present. You're just present. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's really hard for people to be in the present day, (laughs) to use an expression over and over again. Those are like, then you're present with Christ. So present with people, because here's the thing. No one's going to tell you this. But everyone who's in proximity with you in a room, it's actually God-ordained. And Christ is present in Mm -hmm. the room. That's the that's the thing that no one realizes. I think all the spiritual classic writers, all the dear saints that have gone before us, all their literature, I can sum it up, is that everything that is in front of you is for your benefit and the kingdom benefit, as long as you're present with him. So be present with Christ. So if no one needs you, squirrel away and pray. Mm-hmm. If no one needs you, squirrel away Read a great Christian author that's 
probably dead, you know? Yeah. So they have passed the test, as you say. But read your scriptures, you know, and just be present with the world around you. Be present with the smells in the kitchen. Be present with the birds outside the window. Be present with whatever is in your proximity. Mm -hmm. And you will have a better life. I guarantee you. There is nothing on your TV or your phone that will give you a better life than that. And if I'm not right, you can haunt me from your grave. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, I mean, this is like, this is where the podcast is getting sort of goofy because it's just Jayisms. So what would so you say? Have, this has been successful, though, in your marriage. I mean, this is like, yeah. if I was sitting down with anyone, I would say, what, what's the key to success? You know? Yeah. And for you and for Kristen, this is a big one. Yeah. And it's hard. It's yeah. really hard. There's so many interruptions to yeah. our lives. There's so many things. There's so many tired moments. I'm just tired, right? But you, I need some entertainment. But if I if I hear you right, the goal would be to be a tired be tired together. Yeah. Totally. Right. Right. So we're both exhausted. All right. Yeah. Let's be exhausted together. I think that the world in which we live in wants to isolate isolate us to individuality and individualism and autonomy. Mm-hmm. And that is not how the human journey works at all. Yeah, um, That's biblically what, I mean, if you look at the first three chapters of the Bible, it's talking about that isolation Yeah, and then community. So here's the thing. When we talk about marriages and family, they're hard, right? How does the Bible, how does Colossians sort of this give us hope in this? Well, I think... You have to, I mean, this this sounds conservative, and it is conservative. But you have to recognize what the family is as far as the training community for your formational good. Like, we've all been formed within some story, quote, of family. Mm-hmm. That can be totally dysfunctional. That can be absent. Didn't have a father. Didn't have a mother. I was being moved around. I was raised in, you know, X, Y, Z. There could be another picture of had a mom and a dad that point me towards Jesus or, you know, a thousand stories, right? But we have to recognize that this is a formational community. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're, you're seeing is this is also a portrayal of the family of God. So mm-hmm. the reason you're formed in this ultimately is so that you can be formed in Christ. It all goes back to either being formed in Christ now or anticipation of the final formation yeah. of Christ in yeah. the future. So even like in our parenting, in our marriage is like, I want to be formed in Christ. So how is my spouse, even if they're driving me crazy? Mm-hmm. So there are things that are aggravating me that I'm not patient with, that I'm frustrated towards. Cool. That sounds like a formational opportunity. You know, instead of like, man, I'm not happy. Great. So what are you going to do when you're not happy? I'm not entertained. Great. What are you going to do when you're not entertained? I'm not satisfied. Great. How do you live unsatisfied in the moments, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when we start looking at everything, good, bad, or ugly, as, ooh, this is a formational opportunity for me to look like Christ, to, to put on Christ. Then I think the whole thing gets changed mm-hmm. is what was I trying to get out of this thing? Well, it wasn't someone who completes me. It's someone who forms me. Mm-hmm. So here is this woman. Here's this man who I've been married to. Here's my mom. Here's my dad. Here's this stubborn kid. Mm-hmm. And man, the way they're wired drives me crazy. Cool. Sounds good. Sounds like it's a formational opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. That's taking the, the the everyday life and actually putting it in front of God. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's like, like the simple yeah. I know. It's so hard though. Like I you know, I go on my rants about these Jaisms. 
it's completely impossible if I'm trying by myself. Mm-hmm. Like I, you have to have Christ and you have to step into Christ and you have to live as if he was the master of your soul, which he is. <laughs> but, well, that's, so was, yeah, that's the transformational like power or the energy right. to do it. Mm-hmm. Cause I can't change myself. Yeah. Okay. I got a really, this question has been bugging me for a couple of weeks. Okay. It's a really hard question. Great. We can it, ask. It sort of, it, it, it comes out of, it comes out of this again and again. So Paul gives the instructions for these things, right? Husbands, wives, children, bond servants, fathers, all these things. These are all foreshadows of eternal life, right? In some ways. Okay. Tell me about that. Well, everything that Christ does in us is preparing us to become more like him for the ultimate glorification of everyone, right? Of those who are in Christ. Why does marriage stop in heaven then? It doesn't. I like that. Explain. You you have you're you're married in heaven, but not with your earthly spouse. It's just a foreshadow of what you're going to be married to. Like Jesus says, you're his bride, and so the marriage relationship continues in just a more phenomenal way somehow. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. I, I don't know. And I think in, in some respects, I, I don't want to get to all of these hardships in our life are preparing us for one day. It's like, no, these hardships in our life are grace today, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, today's the day in which they are the grace yeah. for the day. Yeah. So, Interesting. I don't know. I think, yeah, to, to have that in your, in your view of today's the day to meet with grace or to have grace. As I meet with the Lord. And it's like, I'm looking for all these opportunities. Mm. Even the ones that are so frustrating to me. Is, all right, what does that reveal about me? Yeah. Why, why am I so quick to be frustrated? Why does this bother me? What does it say about me? Lord, help me. Yeah. That's super interesting. I think it's really fascinating, too, that I've hit record on this podcast for these texts. And we've gotten nowhere near the text. But we talked about actually greater things of the text. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's amazing. Okay, so after chapter three, it moves into further instructions. And Paul calls us to something in the midst of all these relationships, and that is steadfastness in Mm. prayer. Yeah. How do you think we should pray for our spouses or our children or our parents or our coworkers or Mm. our bosses? Probably first with gratitude. Thanks that there's people in my life. I think that, I mean, I think most of us really just long for someone to be in our life. And so first and foremost, just I think probably starting with who are you grateful for? That's such a tangible gift and expression of his grace. Mm-hmm. It's like, Lord, I didn't, you didn't have to give me a friend. Mm-hmm. Thanks that I have a friend. Um, Lord, thanks for these kids. There are people that really want kids. They can't have kids. And I've got kids. Lord, thank you. Um, so yeah, I would probably start with a posture of gratitude, and then how do I how do I help them? Show me opportunities to help them flourish. Mm-hmm. I'm in their they're in my life. I'm in their life for a mutual benefit, mm-hmm. and so help me care for them. Help me be concerned with what they're concerned for. That's that's probably where I'd begin. Great. 
So last week I asked, we talked about some resources people can get. I mean, we're just talk, we're talking about practical things mm-hmm. this week. What are like some of the best books that you've read on these topics that you just like would want everyone at Calvary to read? Yeah. Yeah, it's always hard because I always like to give book recommendations based on like specific circumstances. Mm-hmm. But probably two that are general enough that are directional would be Meaning of Marriage by Tim and Kathy Keller. Mm-hmm. I love that it's co authored by them. Like they actually sat down and read every word, reread every word. Is that the word that we are choosing? It also kind of it, it's helpful because it debunks a lot of cultural myths about like what is marriage. Specifically, and Pew Research did a really nice study in 2022 on the, kind of the the state of marriage, mm-hmm. and they actually showed that if you actually ask married people or people with kids, it really undermines the cultural assumptions that people who are married or with kids are unhappy. Mm-hmm. And they actually show that those people who are actually married, investing in their marriage with kids, you know, whatever, are actually happier, even more satisfied than you would imagine. And so I think in Tim and Kathy do a good job revealing that, that there's just a lot of cultural lies and myths that Hollywood makes popular right? that just aren't true. Um, so the state of marriage is actually a very positive thing. And then probably second for parenting, I know the title is very gender specific, but it's um, Intentional Father, Intentional Father, The Intentional Father, I think is the right title. And moms can read it too. It's really just a parent saying, I recognize my, my position as the primary disciple maker of my child. And this is what I did. Not that you would do what I did, but that you would create a model for your own kids to do intentional parenting. Yeah. So the intentional father is actually a very good read and you could read it as a mom too. Yeah. That's really good. I think what we need to talk about is too, is like the single father or mother and their burden that is different than uh, a co laborer yeah. to help you in parenting and single, single parenting is really hard, but also it's, it can be really good as well. You're not inept just because you, there's only one oh, totally. godly parent. I think of look I think of Timothy. Yeah. In the even in the epistles, yeah. his mother and his grandmother spurred him on to his faith. Yeah. And that, I would say, you know, the intentional father book could be read as a solo parent for right. sure. It's just do you recognize your position and are you thinking through how you might intentionally instruct, train, correct your children? Yeah. The other one that I said last week that I'll just piggyback on again and again is Boundaries, Cloud, and Townsend. Mm -hmm. I think it's just helpful to understand how humans can flourish best with healthy expectations of each other and setting those rightly through wisdom and words and the gospel. So, you, you know, sometimes when we talk about Jesus and his, it feels like we can become a punching bag. And that's, that's not the reality of Jesus either. He gave actually really proper boundaries to proper people mm-hmm. and gave time to the people that he needed to because he had boundaries as yeah. well. And I think that's really important to sort of the nuances of a life with Jesus as well. Yeah. I think what I like about Townsend Clownson or Cloud and Townsend, got that backwards, is they they give permission or even they, not even permission, but they recognize we have all have limitations. Yeah. And it's like don't be angry with yourself or others that they have limitations and then you can limit how we relate to each other. Right. That's beautiful too. Yeah. I like that. I appreciate it about them. All right. So let's wrap up this week. 
when you talk about marriage, kids, what is one thing we can all do today that would really just set in motion just a very practical thing that everyone listening to this podcast is invited to do today? Yeah, I think you already said it. Um, when you go to Deuteronomy 6 and it says, you know, this is how we're going to teach our children is walk with them, sit with them, eat with them. You got to be with them. And if you're going to love your wife as Christ loved the church, you got to be with her. And if you're going to respect your husband and help him flourish, you're going to have to be with him. So it's, can you give your presence? It's probably the hardest thing for people to give right now. Okay. I'm going to piggyback on that and say, this is a giant step. This is like moon landing step in faith. But if you start praying with these people, it will revolutionize those relationships. Yeah. Pew Research went back, right? Talked about all the divorces in Christian couples. Only 2% who actually prayed together got divorced. Mm. It's like it is the guarantee almost of a healthy marriage yeah. if you pray with your spouse. And I, I would suspect if you pray with your kids, it's probably a guarantee of a yeah. good, good relationship as well. It's a good barometer of, of your intimacy too because yeah. – I think a lot of people say, man, that's so weird. I wouldn't know how to do that. Mm. It's like, yeah, you, you might not in your current relationship know how to do that. Yeah, and you're, you're that person. Just take that awkward first step yeah. into learning how. Yeah. Because it's going to be awkward. Because it always is for everyone as their first steps. Yeah. All right. Hey, Calvary, if you have questions, concerns, comments, you can always write Thomas Milburn. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can always write us here at Calvary. We love to hear from you. We hope we can be encouragement to you today. We hope we can deepen your understanding of the invitation Jesus has for your life, a life with him, a life abundantly. And let us remember that we should continue in steadfast in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. And at the same time, praying for each other that God may open the door for his word. We're so grateful for those prayers. Have a great week. See you very soon.